0: Come on, say it like you mean it, church. This is God's word. Just, Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am, I, am. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. I can be, I can be and I will have what it says I can have. I have, I can have. Today, Today I, will I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare. That my mind is alert, my My heart is receptive, my My ears are open, open. and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. same. In Jesus' name, name. name. amen. Amen. Let's pray before you have a seat. Father, thank you for your word because it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. And Father, I step back so the Spirit of God can step up. And use me to deliver the oracles of your word. And I thank you because your word is designed to be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That your word says that heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will never pass away. We thank you that your word, Father, is able to root up and dig up. It's also able to plant. And so, Father, as I plant the word into the hearts of your people today, I thank you that their lives will never ever be the same after having heard the word of truth and it's in jesus name i pray let everybody say amen 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 amen. god bless you you may be seated this morning we're in lesson number four in a series entitled the power of choice everyone say the power of choice The Power of Choice and the goal of the series that we've been in is to help you and I understand the power that choices have in our lives and then the impact that comes along with those choices. And then hopefully we start making better choices that will allow us to have an ultimate better life. And so the lesson today is powerful. I'm going to jump right into it. If you're taking notes, our message title is Choose to Forgive choose to forgive and if we had a subtopic the subtopic would be choose to let it go so just look at somebody and say choose to let it go i'm talking to you right there at home i'm telling you to choose to let it go we're talking about choices and and so let's just talk about first what is forgiveness because we know we should do it and, and, and pastors and preachers tell us to do it but the question is what is forgiveness? because uh if God wants us to do it, then we need to know not only what it is, but here's the next question. Why is it so important? And so what I'm going to do is give you the New Testament definition of the word uh, forgiveness. And then uh, I'm going to also give you the definition of what it means to not forgive. And so the New Testament definition of the word forgive means to release. Everybody say to release. It means to let go of. Everybody say to let go of. It also means to remit. And that word remit means to refrain from inflicting or enforcing, watch this, pain or punishment on someone. To refrain from inflicting or enforcing punishment on someone. So let's now uh, define the word forgiveness to mean to release and let go of or have the need to expect or enforce pain or punishment on someone. I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness means to release or let go of the need or the expectation for us to enforce pain, affliction, or punishment on someone. So then what is unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is the refusal to release or let go or of Or watch this, or release the need for us to see someone be in pain or punishment. In other words, unforgiveness is just the opposite. It's us refusing to let go of, and it's us refusing from allowing God to do something in that person's life, and that is release them from hurt or pain. Because, see, unforgiveness, is there's a silent desire in us when we walk in unforgiveness, there's, a, uh, there's this, this unspoken desire that we want to see bad things happen to people. No amen in the house, but I got some through the lens. I heard it. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to give you three points today, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, and here's the first point if you want to take notes. Your forgiving affects your forgiveness. I'm going to say that again. Your forgiving affects your forgiveness. Everybody say, my forgiving affects my forgiveness. See, because, see, forgiveness is the very thing that you and I needed for us to even experience salvation. You can write down Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. It says, and be ye kind one to another. How many know you should just be nice? It says, be kind one to another. Watch what he says. tender-hearted forgiving one another. I want you to see now the condition, even as God, watch this class, for Christ's sake has done what? Forgiven us. In other words, listen, the only reason you and I have been forgiven by God, he did that because of Jesus Christ's sake. And so since God has freely forgiven us, he expects us to freely forgive others. Now, We're going to look in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I'm looking at the New King James Version. And let me give you the context. The context was when Jesus and his disciples, at one point, uh, they walked by this fig tree. The fig tree didn't have any figs on it. Jesus cursed the fig tree. And so they were on their way back. And so when they saw the fig tree cursed, they said, hey, Jesus, we noticed the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And so basically they said, well, how did you do that? And so now the context of what we're talking about is picked up in verse 22 because Jesus is about to explain to them how he exercised his faith to cause that tree to be cursed. So watch in verse 22, we're picking it up. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in who? God. For assuredly, he says, I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. Watch this. He will have whatever he what? Says. Now watch verse 24 because notice now Jesus just told us when we pray and we speak to the mountain and if we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe what we say, It's going to come to pass. He says, we're going to have what we say. But then verse 22, 24 says, therefore, I say unto you, what things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. What's going to happen? And you will have them. Watch verse 25. What's the next verse in verse 25? What's the next word? Come on, class. What's the next word on the screen? Come on, class. What's the next word on the screen at home? And. So listen, and is a conjunction. You know, when I was growing up, they had this this cartoon that taught you, and it said, conjunction, junction, what's your... How many know that song? Let me see. Okay, that means half of y'all are old, and the other half is clueless. And is a conjunction. What is a conjunction? A conjunction is a word that connects... One word or one sentence or one phrase of thought to the next one. So he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, he says, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. That's powerful, isn't it? So listen, my forgiving affects my forgiveness. Everybody say, my forgiving affects my forgiveness. Forgiveness is so important that Jesus included forgiveness in the, what I would call the prayer of Jesus. You know, when he taught his disciples to pray, his disciples saw that John had taught his disciples how to pray. So they came to Jesus and they say, Hey Jesus, John taught his disciples how to pray. Can you tell us how to pray? And so now we find in Matthew chapter six, verse nine, Jesus used this same concept of us forgiving others so that we can be forgiven in matthew 6 9 he says our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done watch this now on earth as it already is in heaven amen see most people never experience god's will being done in their life because they want their will to be shaped by heaven in other words Heaven, accept what my will wants to be. Do it my way. No, no, no. He said, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. In other words, you and I, we need to make sure that we massage our wills according to God's will. Verse 11, he says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is so important. That it was the last thing that Jesus did when he was on the cross dying. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if it was me. I I, I can't imagine myself being on a cross. But I think if, if I was on a cross being crucified, the last thing on my mind would be forgiving the people who's killing me. You know what would be on my mind? How can I get down from here? I mean, how many can agree with that? How many can... Okay, so let's see now what 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 was Jesus' thoughts in Luke chapter 23, verse 33. It says, and when they will come to the place which was called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the left. Watch verse 34. Then Jesus said, Father, do what class? Come on, class. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And then the Bible says they parted his raiments and cast lots. Wow. So if forgiveness is so critical for us today, here's my question. Why don't we do it more freely? I'm going to say that again on this side. If forgiveness is so critical... I mean, it's so important that Jesus, that was one of the last things he did before he died on the cross. If it's so important, why don't you and I, even those of you who are watching at home, why don't we do it more freely? Well, it brings me to point number two, if you're taking notes. And that is, we have made forgiveness an option instead of a necessity. I'm going to say that again. We have made forgiveness an option instead of a necessity. Because, see, there are tons of reasons why you and I, you know, choose not to forgive people. I'm not saying that they are legitimate reasons, but I'm saying there are lots of reasons that you and I choose to not forgive people. I mean, in some cases, they don't deserve it. I mean, they don't deserve my forgiveness. In some cases, maybe uh, we haven't let them go because they haven't let us go. Well, why should I forgive them? They haven't forgiven me. But, see, I believe... There is an unspoken desire in the heart of every unforgiving person for the person who hurt them to feel the same pain or more that we've experienced. I'm going to say that again. I believe there's a secret desire or unspoken desire in the heart of every unforgiving person. And that unspoken desire is for the person who hurt us To feel the same amount of pain or more pain that they've, you know, that they've caused us to have. And that's why a lot of people don't forgive because they haven't seen that person experience the pain that we've gone through yet. Can I get an amen from the roaches in the house? In other words, listen, our attitude is, People don't deserve forgiveness until, listen, listen, they don't deserve it until they have felt or experienced the pain and the hardship that they caused me. Amen. And the problem, though, with that position, church, is that you and I now have become the judge to determine whether someone else is worthy enough to receive forgiveness. See, when we're the ones determining whether or not they should be forgiven, what we don't realize is we've taken God off the throne to be the judge of whether this person should receive it or not, and we put ourselves on the throne as the judge. And this is when ha- what happens when forgiveness is measured by our pain. See, when, we, when we're trying to decide if a person should get forgiveness or not, and, and what's sad about it is we don't think through these terms of why I'm talking. We don't do that. Because when you start processing this way, what you'll end up with is a reason why you need to forgive them. So we don't do that. We just choose to not to. But what happens, though, is when we choose to not forgive, it's because we've measured our pain. And what we've gone through, we've measured the person's ability to be able to receive forgiveness or not. We've measured it through our pain, but we're not measuring it through God's principle. But see, because the principle that God's given us is God's principle says, hey, forgive and you will be forgiven. So when we have received forgiveness and we don't pass it on, what we're saying is, I deserve forgiveness, but so-and-so don't. Amen. I mean, think about this. And here's the deception in that kind of thinking is, is, is that uh, people are thinking, well, I know God's forgiven me. But since he's given me a choice on whether I want to forgive someone else, I'm just choosing not to. Because if he didn't, if he didn't care whether I not I, I forgave the person, then he wouldn't have gave me a choice to do it. Well, how many know he gave a choice to Adam and Eve to sin and they did what he didn't want them to do? Amen. And when forgiveness is an option and not a necessity, here's what we do. Here we go. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to go deep and then I'm going to come back. Okay. Y'all ready? Okay. So when we see forgiveness as an option and not as a necessity, then this is how we handle that we delay forgiveness. We delay forgiveness. Have you ever delayed forgiveness with somebody? Oh, I I forgive them. I'm just not ready to right now. I I, I, I tell them I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I let them go. And and the reason, you know, most of us, we don't forgive people sometimes because they never came and asked for forgiveness. They know they did me wrong. Why do I have to tell them that they did me wrong so I can, I can get an apology from them. But that's not, listen, we opened up the whole uh, message today by, the, you know, God saying, if you have ought against anybody, you go to them. So, what we do, we delay forgiveness. Watch this though. When we do that, we don't realize that we are opening the door for the enemy and other strongholds to come in. Because, see, listen, delayed forgiveness opens the door to bitterness and bitterness only leads down the path of self-ruin and defeat. See, you have to remember, we got an adversary. The Bible says the adversary walks around seeking who he may devour. He can't devour everybody. But what happens is we open up doors for the enemy to devour us. And one of the doors that we open, when you and I delay forgiveness, what happens, we open... See, the door was closed. And then, you know, it was closed until someone did something to us. And then when we choose to not forgive them for whatever they did... We crack the door now. And God gives us time to get that thing straight. And if we never get it straight, that crack becomes an opening. And what happens when we don't forgive, that open door now opens the door to bitterness. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. I'm going somewhere with this this morning because uh, when you see the end of why I'm teaching what I'm teaching you, you will see the value of why you need to forgive somebody. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligently. Watch this. Lest any man, we're talking about Christian man, and lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Now I'm going to read that out of the Amplified Bible. And then I'm going to point something out. Watch what it says. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another, to see that no one falls back from from and fails to secure God's grace, which is his unmerited favor and spiritual blessing. Notice he's saying, look, watch out for each other and make sure that when you see each other, make sure that that person doesn't fail from the grace of God. Notice what else he says. In order that no root of resentment, rancor, bitterness, or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many become contaminated and defiled by it. Now, if we go back up to the King James Version, let's go back up to that because I want to show you where it says in verse 15, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Wow. So listen. He says, unless any man fail from the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. So guess what? Bitterness comes when you and I fail of the grace of God. You say, well, what does that mean? Because, you know, God's grace is unmerited favor. That's, I mean, God's grace is unlimited. In fact, the Bible says, and you can write this down in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace are we saved through faith. And that's not even of ourselves. It's the gift from God. So listen, I, I understand God's grace, but you have to understand God's grace has the foundation of love on it. And God's love cannot be separated from His willingness to forgive us. Are you with me so far? So God's love, God's grace has a foundation of God's love. And God's love has a foundation of its willingness to forgive us. And that's why God's able to do that. Because for God so loved the world that He was. He gave His only begotten Son. So He loves us. His grace causes us to, Him to love us. And when He loves us, He's willing to forgive us. And so the only way that a person can fail of God's grace Watch this. It's when we fail to receive His forgiveness. Because the only way to fall into the root of bitterness is if, if when you and I fail of the grace of God. Well, how do we fail from God's grace? It's when we fail to receive His love. And if you fail to receive His love, that means you fail to receive His forgiveness. And when you fail to receive His forgiveness, watch this now, there are two ways you can do it. And here's why. When you're talking about unforgiveness now, you got to remember, there are two lanes for unforgiveness. It's when you choose to not forgive people, but it's also when you choose to not forgive you. Someone say amen to that. When you and I, when you and I do not forgive, whether it's people or ourselves, when we choose to not forgive ourselves or them, it opens up, remember now, Remember, by grace are we saved. Well, what's the foundation of grace? God's love. What's the foundation of God's love? His forgiveness. And so when you and I choose to not forgive somebody, now remember what he says, if you don't forgive others, what's going to happen? He don't forgive us. So now I can fail of the grace of God when I choose to not walk in forgiveness, whether that's me forgiving me or whether that's forgiving other people. And now, because I fail of the grace of God, because I fail to receive His His forgiveness, guess what happened? Bitterness now opens up. Someone say amen to that. When we open the door of bitterness, it's because we fail to give forgiveness, to give it or receive it. So why would you and I willingly do that? Because most of us, you know, most of us wouldn't do the things that we do if we understood what we were really doing. And see, when you realize that the principle of unforgiveness applies, then why won't we forgive? Well, here's the third point, and I'm closing on this point, And that is, when, when I let me go, I can let you go. See, the reason why most people do not forgive other people, because I can't let them go until I've learned to let me go. Oh, you know why you're struggling to forgive? You're struggling to forgive your ex-husband because you are struggling to forgive yourself for marrying him. Oh, okay, okay. So y'all want to be real about it, then. Now, Now, the reason why you and your baby's daddy or baby's mama, let me use him, you and your baby's mama can't get along is because you had vowed that you wouldn't have no more babies with her and you did it again and now she got you on child support. The reason you can't forgive her is because you can't forgive yourself because you never should have slept with her again. Okay, so y'all ain't, okay, so y'all ain't feeling me yet. So do I just need to keep going until I find a scenario in everybody's house? No, no, no. I can't let you go until I let me go. Now watch this, Mark chapter 12, verse 28. I'm almost done here. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Watch this stuff. It says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, talking about Jesus, they said, Jesus, what's the first commandment of them all? And Jesus answered them and said, The first of all the commandments is this one. Hear, O word of truth, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. Watch verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with how much of your heart? All of your heart and with all of your what? All of your what? Soul and then with all of your what? Mind and with all of your what? And then it says, and this is the first commandment. But watch verse 31. Because it ties into this principle that I can't let you go until I let me go. Watch this. Verse 31. And the second commandment is like unto this. Namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor... Read it with me. Come on, let's try it again. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as... As thyself. thyself. Okay, so let's analyze that. That means I only have the capability of loving my neighbor to the degree that I love me. Are y'all with me so far? Okay, so... So, you say, well, pastor, I love my neighbors more than I love myself. You might, but that's why you do it with a bitter heart. Amen. He says, love thy neighbor as thyself. This is, a, this is the second and greatest commandment. So, if I can only love you, the degree that i love me (laughs) i can only forgive you to the degree that i can forgive myself Mm -hmm. because listen remember now the foundation of god's grace is his love and the foundation of his love is his willingness to do what forgive us right so uh my willingness or unwillingness to love me is determined by now my ability to be able to forgive me because God's love is rooted in it. So watch this now. See, most people don't see that the biggest problem that they have in their life is not necessarily us forgiving other people. The biggest issue is really us not forgiving us. Have you ever done something? And you almost vowed on on the inside, I could never forgive myself for that. See, we don't say it, but we do it. And then we wonder why it's very difficult to to forgive other people because we have not literally forgiven Eben for whatever that may have been. I mean, see, especially if you've made some choices in life that created detrimental circumstances for your life. Okay, so I'm talking to somebody right now, maybe at home. Uh, let's, you, you, you got pregnant in college. And, uh, you had to quit college and have your baby and, and then it got you off track and, and you never finished your degree. And the guy that got you pregnant, he stayed in school because he didn't have to carry that baby nine months. And so now, even though you love your child, It's hard for you to forgive yourself for putting yourself in that situation. And so now, here it is, it's hard for you to let you go. And I'm talking to some people in the room and I'm talking to some people through the lens. It's been hard to let you go. And let me say this to you. You cannot walk in full capacity of faith until you've learned to let you go. See, what I'm telling you right now, if you can learn this one right here, your self-esteem will go up overnight. Just like that. You know why? Because you will learn that you can love you regardless of what you did. Amen. Amen. Listen, when you can love you regardless of what you did, listen, you have just learned how to love yourself like God loves you. Watch this. Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse... Matthew 26, verse 31. Let me show you something. So here's the question. How can I let me go so I can let you go? Because that, that's a good question, ain't it? I mean, how, how can I let myself go so I can let you go? Because, see, I'm not going to let you go. I mean, I might do it, but I'm just saying it's, it's harder for me to let you go if I haven't let me go. So how do I let me go so I can let you go? Well, Matthew 26, uh 31. What well, we're about to read is a story about Peter. And Peter, you may not have thought about this, but Peter was one of Jesus' main apostles. Do y'all agree with that? You know, he was one of the key, you know. I mean, and he had Jesus' back. I mean, you, you, you need a Peter in your life. I mean, Peter cut off this man's ear for Jesus. You need somebody that's going to fight for you or with you. I mean, you know, I was smaller when I was younger. So I was like five, five in the 10th grade. So at that point, I I wasn't doing a lot of fighting because I was so little. So I had to have people around me that was way bigger than me that could take care of business. And I remember one time, you know, we stayed across the street at a park, a baseball park. That's why I learned how to play baseball. And, uh, and, uh, we were, there was a big tournament over there, uh, th- this weekend. I wasn't in the tournament. There was just a tournament taking place. And I mean, just hundreds of people would come from all over the place. And so this, this tournament was taking place. And this, 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 this guy, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he bumped into me. I don't know what happened, but whatever it was, it created an issue. And so when he got to the point, cause I'm not going to back down just because I'm little, I'm not going to do that. So, you know, it got to that point where, you know, when you reach the point that says, well, what you going to do? You know that one? How I many know that's a point right there? It ain't no ain't too many more points left after that one. Okay. So it got to that point. It was like, well, what you going to do? So I said, stay right here. I'll be right back. I went and got my boy. I'm telling you, I, look, everybody, it was a fight in every corner because somebody knew that person, this person, and everybody's fighting. And I'm watching everybody fight. I ain't even fighting. You need a Peter in your life. Well, Peter denied Jesus. I don't know if y'all can imagine how that would make you feel. That you denied Jesus. So watch what happened. Verse 31. It says, and Jesus said to them, all of you. He was talking to all his disciples, all his apostles. He said, all of y'all are going to be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep, the the flock will be scattered. Verse 32. But after I'm risen again, I will come before you into Galilee. And then Peter said, hey, Jesus, though all of these men are going to be offended because of you, yet I will never, let me say it like I think he said it, I will never, ever, 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 Jesus, I will never, ever be offended. Jesus said to him, this night, tonight, Jesus, tonight, Peter, it ain't going to be long, Peter. He said, this night, the chicken's going to crow three times. You're going to deny me three times, Peter. And Peter said to him, though I should die with you, I will not deny you. Listen, if Jesus is telling you you're going to deny him, you better believe Jesus. So then... Go down to Matthew chapter 26 because I want to show you, uh, I'm in verse 65 now, Matthew 26 uh, verse 65, because see, now the context that we're reading this again is when jesus was getting ready to be crucified and tortured by these people so this is another version of the story about him denying jesus this is another version because we just read that was in matthew 26 let's go down now to verse uh, 65 it said then the high priest tore his clothes and he said he spoke blasphemy and then verse 66 it says what do you think and they said uh, he's guilty and then verse 67 they spit in Jesus' face and then they hit him with his with their palm of their hand saying hey prophesy tell me who hit you and then verse 69 the bible says now peter was outside the palace when this was happening and a damsel came up to him and said wasn't you with jesus of galilee verse 70 but he denied before them all saying i don't know what you're talking about and so when he was gone a little bit out, he said, oh, well, let me move away from here. So he moved outside into another area and another maid saw him. He must have been a woman's man, a man, lady's man. And, and uh, he said unto them, hey, this fellow right here was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied an oath and said, I don't, I don't know him. Verse 33, 73. And after a while, they came to him and they stood by him and they said to Peter, surely you are one of those because your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear. How many know we got some cursing and some swearing Christians? Come on now. They started cursing. He started cursing and swearing. See, that's different. Cursing and swearing is different. Yeah, see, like, we don't even use the word curse. We, we use the word cuss. See, that's, that's what swearing is. Swearing is when you say it nicely. Cussing is when you say it with ugliness. So let's see what happened. Soon as he did that, he says, I don't know the man. And immediately the cock crew and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, which would he, which would he had said, before the cock would crow, you would deny me three times. Watch what happened. And he went out and wept bitterly. Here's my question. What did Peter have to do to forgive himself from that situation? Because whatever Peter did, you and I are going to have to do to get over some things. Because some of you all have some piled up stuff. You may have to go back and I, I believe by the Spirit of God. God is bringing some things back to your remembrance. I'm talking to you at home. Some things that you have buried about you that you haven't forgiven yourself from so here's the question how was peter able to forgive himself when he knew what he had done here's the first thing is i believe peter had to realize jesus loved him how many of you know that jesus he loves you regardless of what you do he loved you so much he died in your place and so i believe peter was able to forgive himself when he realized That Jesus had forgiven him. And if you go back and read the story, Jesus came back to him when he was alive and and that kind of thing. So here's my question. How do you and I forgive ourselves so that we can forgive others? Here's the first one. Here's the first thing. Is that you and I must keep God as the judge and not ourselves. The only way you're going to be able to forgive you so you can forgive me, to let you go so you can let me go, is that you have to keep God as the judge and and not yourself. And see, here's the issue. Here's the issue. Here's the issue, because some of y'all are going, well, I I ain't the judge. God's still the judge. I'm just having a struggle dealing with me or dealing with so-and-so. No, 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 Let let me break it down. Okay, so let's say you choose to not forgive you or let's say you have chosen to not forgive somebody else. Let's say that's the case. Well, my question to you is, let's take you. Well, I don't know what you may have done, but if you've chosen to not forgive you, Here's my question. Who are you to not forgive you when the perfect God, who is nothing but perfect, who's never done anything wrong, who is all righteous and all knowing and knowing everything about you and knowing everything that you did and knowing everything you going to do. Why is it that that God has chosen to forgive you and you've not chosen to forgive yourself? Who are you to do that? Who are you to make a choice and put yourself as the judge to say, it's hard for me to forgive me. But if God, who is all-knowing, can forgive you, you should be able to forgive yourself. Someone say amen to that. Number one, you got to keep God as the judge and not ourselves. Here's number two. Never measure, I'm going to have to explain this one, never measure self-forgiveness based on you knowing better. You say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? What does that mean? Never measure self-forgiveness based on you knowing better. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes it's hard to forgive ourselves because you say, but I knew better. I shouldn't have known. I I knew not to do that. How many have ever said that? I I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew better than that. And even sometimes when we're dealing with our kids or when we're dealing with other people, it's like they knew better than that. Uh, I, I, I know Jesus said, forgive them. They don't know what they did, but they know what they did. They know what they did. But see, here's the thing. You can't measure that level of forgiveness based on you knowing better. Because watch this, if you knew better, you would do better. Okay, so you say, well, so why would I do it? You only did it because you didn't know. You said, well, pastor, how can I know? How? Look, here's the deal. How many know deception is real? Okay, so if you, if you just take deception and you say, well, I got deceived, that's why I did it. Well, let's take deception now. Why did you do it? Let's based on what you know. Pastor, I knew better or they knew better. Let's use them because we don't want to talk about us. So, So Leroy, he knew better. He knew better. He got me and this girl pregnant at the same time. Leroy knew better. Well, here's my question. Let's say Leroy did know better. Or let's say he did know better. Let's say you knew better and you still did it. What's the deal? Why would you do it? Can I tell you why you did it? Because you're not perfect. Oh so so, so, so now you're going to base forgiveness based on the person that should have known better, but what you're saying now, not only should they know better, they should be perfect and never make a mistake. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 So see, see, you you can help you today by saying, "Wait a minute, I may have known better, and I did know better. But at the end of the day, I'd have done better if I knew better. And the reason I did it is because I'm not perfect. Oh, so that's a revelation for some of y'all. I thought I was perfect. Well, ding, 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 you're not. Never measure self-forgiveness based on the knowledge of you knowing better. Here's the next one. Here's the last one. When it comes to forgiving ourselves, you must take the grace approach and not the great approach. I'm going to explain that. See, when it comes to forgiving yourself and when it comes to forgiving others, you have to take the grace approach and not the great approach. See, the great approach says you knew better. The great approach says I knew better. The great approach says, oh, no, 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 no. This is your fifth time doing this. So, see, the great approach is holding someone to what they did. The grace approach is letting them go and letting you go even though you and I didn't even deserve it. That's what grace is. And see, this is where some of us are going to have to park right here. We're going to have to park at the grace approach because they knew better. They still did it. You knew better. You still did it. They've apologized 15 times and because now... They don't feel the forgiveness from you. Because, see, some of y'all are going, well, uh, how do I know, how do I know, pastor, that uh, Adam forgave people? I'm talking to somebody at home. Let me just look in the camera. How do I know, pastor, that I forgave somebody? Well, just the fact that you're asking the question, no, you didn't do it. But let me answer the question for you. you. You ain't treating that person like you did before they messed up. Huh? Is that what forgiveness means? I gotta treat the person like I did before they messed up. Well, that's what we want God to do, don't it, Ain't it? Oh, 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 oh. How dare you! Wow. Listen, listen to this screwed-up thinking we have. We want God when we ask Him to forgive us to act like we never did it, but when it comes to us forgiving people, we ought to be able to treat them differently and still say we forgave them. Hogwash. (laughs) We're going to have to take the grace approach. What's the grace approach? Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can I tell you what the real deal is? The real deal when it comes to forgiveness and unforgiveness, the devil is really trying to mess you up. Because forgiveness is really never about the person. It's really about us. And there are some people in the room today and there are some people watching me that need to let you go. So we have a head bow right there, right there. Some of you need to let you go. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, take what I just said, translate it into the hearts of people that they can not only receive it, but it will transform them. there's some people watching me and there's some people in the room it's time to let you go I know you've been divorced more than one time let you go there's somebody watching me You, you had an abortion years ago and you still haven't let you go because of that God's telling me to tell you, let it go. There's somebody watching me right here and now. You disobeyed your parents growing up. And it caused some real, real big problems in the home. Your parents ended up divorcing. I'm talking to somebody right now. Your parents ended up divorcing. And you've made it your fault. No, no. You weren't around when they got married. (laughs) You're not responsible to keep them married. But you've taken that as your fault. Let you go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and the things that have been said have been not only acceptable to you but Father, it has resonated resonated in the hearts and the minds of your people and that Father, we will never again hold unforgiveness in our hearts toward ourselves or others without this message ringing in our ears. And Lord, I thank you for prayers being answered, blessings being released. And Father, where, where we have held up things for just not having our hearts the way they should have, we thank you today that hearts have been corrected and lives have been changed in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, if your head bowed uh, watching me at home, If you die today and you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, I'm talking to you. You know, the Bible says...